Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 221 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your faithfulness to us. Help us learn more of you and your love for us as we read your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what is happening to Jesus in Mark chapter 15. Jesus is handed over to Pilate by the Jewish leaders. They probably wanted Pilate to preside over this case because he was known to be a harsh and cruel man. He would undoubtedly give them what they wanted, which was to have Jesus crucified. As cruel as Pilate was, He saw their desire to have Jesus killed was rooted in jealousy and no real charges that were deserving of death. The leaders had to use the word king of the Jews because that was the only charge that could possibly stick. It could potentially usurp the authority of the actual king. But Pilate wasn't buying it. He continued to resist the charges partially because of Jesus' refusal to defend himself. Jesus only answered one question and then remained silent. When the crowd looked like they were going to riot, Pilate finally conceded. A riot was the one thing his superiors detested, so he would have to avert it. We read about all the horrible things done to Jesus on that day. He was beaten and flogged so badly that he didn't have the strength to carry his own cross, so another man was ordered to carry it for him. He refused the liquid concoction that would have numbed him from the pain of the crucifixion. He was going to the cross without any medical assistance whatsoever. From there, he was continually berated while he was dying, and we read he calls out to God, asking him why he has abandoned him. Jesus had always felt the presence of his father, but his presence was now gone. Instead, he felt the wrath of all the sins he was tasked bare. He carried out his mission to save us with strength. Most people who die by crucifixion are so weak they cannot speak at the end, but not Jesus. He was coherent and able to speak, even in his weakened state. We praise him for his great sacrifice today and every day. The last part of this chapter tells us about Joseph from Arimathea, who tended to Jesus' body. This act of service has become a very noted one for me every time I read it. Take note that God had every detail of his son's life and death perfectly established, and we honor him. He shows us his great love for us as he sent his son to save us, and we see Jesus' love for us as he willingly endured great pain and suffering for us. Let's see what Paul has to share with the Corinthian church in chapter 6. Paul brings charges against the church. They were bringing charges against one another in court where unbelievers made decisions about their cases. He implores them to try these cases within their own church borders by their own people. In verse 2, he argues that one day the saints will judge and govern the world. In verse 3, he says that Christians will even judge the angels one day, so they should find an honest man in their congregation to bring their complaints about one another to in order to determine its outcome. Then he talks about all the sins they commit against one another, and he singles out sexual immorality because of the incest that was brought to his attention. Verses 19 and 20 say, Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness, and paid for, made his own. So then honor, glory, and bring glory to him in your body. After reading about the crucifixion today, we most certainly understand the price with which we have been bought. We can be thankful we have been chosen to know God and saved by his Son. May our thoughts, words, and actions be acceptable in God's sight. Let's see what is happening with Job in chapters 13 and 14. 
Job continues on with his rebuttal with his so-called friends. He tells them that he is no less learned than them. He is not inferior to them. He desperately wants to talk with God and plead his case with him. Then in verse 4, he tells them they have incorrectly determined his plight. They have no value nor wisdom. In fact, he accuses them of accusing him just so they remain in good standing with God. But their accusations are false. He wants them to stop talking to him and simply listen. In verses 17 and 18, he says, Listen diligently to my speech and let my declaration be in your ears. Behold, now I have prepared my case. I know that I shall be justified and vindicated. And then he asks God for two things. Take his suffering from him and keep his reverent dread of God from terrifying him. In Job's request, we see he is suffering both physically and spiritually. In chapter 14, Job reveals more of what taunts him spiritually. He compares his life cut off from its blessings with that of a tree cut down. A tree regrows in all its beauty and splendor, but once a man is cut down, there is no regrowth. He simply dies. There's no second chance for him. There is no hope in Job's eyes. He is in total despair as we end this chapter. I'm sure the men with him will have an opportunity to refute him tomorrow. Let's see what Psalm 40 has to teach us today. King David wrote this psalm when he sat on the throne after being ousted by his son Absalom. First, we read that God pulled him out of a horrible pit and set his feet upon a rock, steadying his steps and establishing his goings. Even though King David wasn't sure how this battle would end, he trusted God and God showed himself magnificent. In verse 3, King David writes that God put a new song of praise in his mouth. When all has gone wrong, may we trust in the Lord. Trust that he is working out all the circumstances, and he will most certainly put a song of praise in our hearts. Even when we cannot seem to praise him, we must know he will show himself magnificent in our lives and give us cause to praise him. King David writes, Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man who makes the Lord his refuge and trust and turns not to the proud or to the followers of false gods. May our hearts always be soft to the Lord, turn to him, and wait expectantly for him. The last verse, verse 17, says, as for me, I am poor and needy, yet the Lord takes thought and plans for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Oh my God, do not tarry. We are needy for the Lord too. Maybe you are going through a season as Job was going through. Let us wait on God and lean on him to sustain us. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for your word that shows us your great love for us. You sent your son to die for us so we could live. Father, thank you for such a selfless act that serves us today and forever. Forgive our sins and draw us close to you. You are our deliverer. Keep us yours, Father. Keep us yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.